I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. I took pre-calculus and AP calculus in high school. It's not a flex. It's just something I thought I had to do in order to go to college. Many students today think the same thing, but California's Board of Education doesn't seem to agree. Recently, the state supported delaying Algebra 1 rather than teaching it in the eighth grade for most students, the traditional route that would get them on track to take calculus in high school. That's the heart of a complicated math war happening both in San Francisco and across the state. The battle has been fueled by declining math proficiency in recent years, which have laid bare racial disparities in student populations. In 2014, San Francisco's education officials decided to begin offering Algebra 1 only in the ninth grade. The intent was to keep an achievement gap from forming as some students jumped ahead of their middle school peers. That made it harder to take calculus in high school. California is now mirroring that same strategy in its most recent math framework, which the State Board of Education passed last week. It also includes introducing more real-world applications and social justice concepts into math lessons. And that's all causing a lot of controversy. Today on Fifth Emission, Chronicle Education reporter Jill Tucker, back on again today, is here to talk about why the math debate in San Francisco and across the state is such a thorny problem to solve. Joining the conversation is Chronicle opinion columnist Emily Hoven, who will share why she thinks the state's plan to de-emphasize calculus is misguided. Emily and Jill, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Jill Tucker, 400 San Francisco rising high school sophomores spent six weeks of their summer taking a crash course on geometry. That sounds pretty miserable to me. You spoke to some of them. Why'd they do it? Yeah, I mean, it sounds miserable to me too, but (laughs) they spent six weeks, the vast majority of their summer, taking what is a year's worth of geometry. And the reason they took it was for many of them, that means that they get on track to take calculus by the time they're a senior. Currently, under the sequencing of courses in San Francisco, they take Algebra 1 freshman year, and that leaves them a year short to getting to calculus. And tell me more about the San Francisco 2014 policy that changed the sequencing of math courses for students. Yes, this very controversial policy basically moved Algebra 1 into ninth grade for all students. Previously, it was offered in eighth grade for students who wanted to sort of skip ahead and take algebra so that they could then be on track for calculus. In general, it was supposed to be meant for students that were perhaps excelling in math or had thoughts of a STEM career. But what it resulted in was uh, was tracking, was, you know, to a certain degree, deciding who was good at math and who was not good at math in the eighth grade. And and in, in many ways, it left other kids behind, and particularly black and brown students, while white and Asian students were predominantly the ones to accelerate. Hmm. So this was a policy that was meant to address equity issues. Yes. And I think it's also part of the common core curriculum, the idea that you take eighth grade math and then you take algebra one in high school with the idea that you're getting a much more comprehensive understanding of math. And if they got to calculus, to really understand why they were taking calculus. And I think there was some concern that too many kids were sort of taking math to take the courses rather than to learn math. And I think the idea was Let's lower the amount of kids failing these math classes by slowing it down a little for some kids 
and then making sure everybody has a chance and that they're not separated into good at math and bad at math groups so early. So this summer geometry class, this crash course that you're describing, I mean, I wouldn't guess that kids are clamoring to do this over the summer, but you know in your story that there's a waiting list for this. So people and families and parents are really worried about this possibility of not taking calculus. Yeah, definitely. There has been a huge math war debate in San Francisco and in many other places across the state and the country about this whole idea of when to take algebra and whether calculus is something that's desperately needed to get into college or not, whether the average kid who may not be going into STEM needs that or should want that. But yeah, in the past, there has been a waiting list of kids who want to spend their summer this way. For the first time this year, they had enough courses for all the students who qualified. They had 12 sections, pretty full classrooms for summer of geometry. Emily Hoven, the math war that Jill is describing in San Francisco mirrors what's happening on the state level. California's Board of Education recently approved an overhaul of the state's math framework that includes a recommendation to delay Algebra 1 until high school, like San Francisco has already been doing. What other changes did they make, and what was the motivation? They had similar motivations when they were overhauling this math curriculum, which is something that they do every so often. They look at the state's guidelines for teaching math and they think about how they could be improved or changed. And some of the the big differences in the curriculum that they recently approved, they are kind of heading towards this idea of teaching big ideas in math rather than kind of these very discrete subjects that we learn in each grade. They want to show how all of those ideas are incorporated through your education and They also wanted to make it easier for students to see themselves in the material. A really big point of emphasis in in the curriculum is that girls and students of color specifically have not really found the traditional math lessons to be reflective of their own life, of their own experiences, and they think they could improve student motivation by showing how math connects to, to daily life. And you can use data to understand things around you from the environment to, to racism to elections. And then there also is a, a pretty strong emphasis on data science which is actually, ironically, it's a it's a subject that as you t- take it in the higher levels, and if you were to actually study it in college, a lot of it is informed by, by calculus. But it's just the idea that, you know, there's mountains of data. We're all seeing it be collected every second from our phones, our computers, and all sorts of companies. And so there's kind of this explosion of interest in data science. So Emily, this is state guidance, but what does it look like in application on the local district level? This is not something that is binding on uh, school districts. This is just a framework that teachers can use as a guide when they're putting together their materials. And so there has been some concern from critics who oppose the, the new math framework that there are going to be districts that want more of their kids to take calculus and get into, you know, better colleges. And they're going to kind of choose to disregard some of the recommendations to not put kids in Algebra 1 until ninth grade, and that there are other districts that are going to use that as a justification to continue with policies like that that we've seen in San Francisco. And then I will also just note that the the framework does include information for publishers, textbook publishers. And so that can help guide the type of information and and lessons that are included in in math textbooks. And that is more binding on those textbook publishers. And so I think it's going to just be interesting to see over the next couple of years how textbook publishers and writers respond to those guidelines. 
Now, Jill, concerns around equity are at the heart of all these math curriculum debates, both in San Francisco and around the state. Standardized test scores have revealed that student math proficiency has dropped in recent years fueled by the pandemic. Just how bad has it gotten? Well, math scores have gone down for all students. So we're seeing, you know, a four to five percentage point drop statewide and in districts like San Francisco. But there is also very much concern about the achievement gap, the performance gap between students of color and other students. So not only are we seeing a drop overall, but we're seeing a drop among African-American students, for example, where we're seeing things in some districts like 9% proficiency rate or, or lower. And these are really worrying and at, at the foundation of not only changing the entire framework, so we're looking at math instruction differently for all students, but we're also looking at how do we achieve equity so that we're not seeing these dramatic differences in, in student test scores and in participation rates like in calculus or some higher math. Now, Emily, in its revised math framework, the state hopes that by doing things like making math more engaging and connected to, quote, big ideas, will help address these gaps that Jill just described. But in your latest column, you recalled this moment in high school where you realized you were actually more of a math person than you thought, and that happened in a calculus class. From your perspective, what is the state not getting? It's ironic because I think in some ways a lot of the math that I had been learning up until the point of calculus, you know, you go through geometry, you go through algebra two, you go through pre-calculus and you get to calculus and suddenly you understand where all of the theorems and equations and things that you had been using in all of those other classes come from. You understand how they are derived and it suddenly makes sense in, in a way. And maybe to a certain extent, that underscores the way in which those lessons should be taught at an earlier level so that kids actually understand, okay, why am I learning this and where is this coming from and why am I using this in this specific instance? But I just think that the higher you go in math, the more you understand the foundation that underlies all math. And I think that's a really, really important thing that that cannot and should not be understated. I realized I was a math person in calculus because I realized that I was capable of doing calculus. And I think that there's something very concerning about the way in which this, the state seems to be suggesting that kids should, in a way, delay the math that they're learning at the age that they're learning it, instead of thinking about how can we make it so that kids are passing Algebra 1 in eighth grade and then going on to take calculus in senior year of high school, they're saying, okay, because kids aren't doing well in Algebra 1, let's delay it till ninth grade. In my mind, there's nothing about the the students themselves and their capacity to learn that is at issue here. It is the way that the material is being taught and the way that the schools are seeing that instruction. And I think that, you know, students are capable of learning a lot of things. And I think schools should be incentivized to teach as much as possible in the time that they have. The more schools are set up to encourage that kind of blossoming in in fields that may seem very challenging and very, you know, kind of difficult. I think that's the entire purpose of public education. California is going to mirror what San Francisco's been doing since 2015, not offering Algebra 1 until the ninth grade. But did it help solve racial disparities in student math proficiency? Columnist Emily Hoven and reporter Jill Tucker will discuss after a quick break. 
you're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Jill Tucker, before the break, Emily Hoven shared her criticisms of the state's new math framework, which includes delaying Algebra 1 for most students until high school. The state, though, says the framework will lead to more equity in math curriculum. What's your take on the debate? It's the type of thing, the type of topic that that swings back and forth is such a pendulum. And in all the years I've been covering education in California, I've watched it go back and forth, you know, from an administration under Schwarzenegger, if, if memory serves, where Algebra 1 was required for every eighth grade student, which didn't work very well. There was a lot of failing. Teachers weren't prepared to teach it or to teach it to all students. I think ultimately, you know, we we in society are are dealing with a lot of issues and schools get dumped on for a lot of these issues. There's a lot of preconceived ideas about who can do math and who can't do math and how that plays out in public schools and what that looks like ultimately once those kids get to high school and then who goes to college. It would be great if it was about really being able to tell who's ready for algebra and who's not. But a lot of that comes from, well, who was privileged to be ready for algebra? Who had the environment to be ready for algebra? And why is that? And then what happens to the kids who get left behind what studies show is that they tend to even do worse rather than when they're in mixed classrooms. Of, of kids that may be more proficient or or at least understanding better. So there's a lot that goes into public education that is more than, is a kid ready for math? It, it's a lot about, you know, how, how do we teach all children? How do we do that in the best way possible so that everyone thrives? No one has found the answer to that. And I think that there are a lot of arguments on both sides that when you hear them sound wonderful and perfect and, and valid. And But for policymakers and teachers and principals, it's complicated. So, Emily, while there's a lot of controversy over what the state just put out as the new framework for math, in a lot of ways, San Francisco serves as sort of a case study since they've already adopted the strategy of requiring students to wait until freshman year to take Algebra one. That's been in place since 2015. Has it actually improved the issues of equity? It hasn't, Cecilia. Uh, there was a, a recent un- a study that came out of Stanford University. And, you know, after this policy was put into place, there was not a statistically significant change in the percentage of Black students that were enrolling in advanced math courses. Hispanic student enrollment went up by one percentage point hardly the level of change that, you know, promoters of the policy would have wanted to see. And initially, we saw Asian and and white student enrollment decline in those advanced placement math courses. Going back to what Jill said about some people are, you know, lucky to be better prepared for algebra in middle school because of of their background or their resources or whatever it may be. Public education is supposed to be the great equalizer for students that do not have the resources and opportunities that other students do have. And what happens when you actually delay their access to higher levels of math is that it doesn't improve access for students who are already underrepresented. And in fact, it holds back kids that would have been in those classes 
in the first place. I think that's a very concerning finding from that study. And the reality is people are going to find workarounds to this. As we were talking about having summer classes in geometry or some families are hiring private tutors. And so I think that this really should be a wake-up call for policymakers to really think about, okay, if we want public education to be the birthplace of, you know, the next generation of talent and we want to lift up low-income communities, under-resourced communities, it's not going to be because we delayed math instruction. It's going to be because we got teachers better prepared to teach algebra. And that's all going to require a massive investment from the state and from other organizations and entities. But in my mind, delaying the speed at which you move through your education is only going to hurt you. It's not going to help you. Well, Jill, the kids taking that summer geometry course, well, they want to get into good universities, right? And they think taking calculus is going to help them with that. Emily mentioned earlier that data science has been pushed as a replacement for advanced math. Are universities also weighing those courses the same way they do calculus? Yeah, you know, that's an evolving question. Even going back to when San Francisco adopted this plan to delay algebra, there there were a lot of questions about what do students need to know and this overemphasis on calculus. And a lot of universities started taking a look at whether they were going to require calculus for students to get in and whether they thought it was important. And there's still an ongoing debate among admissions officers whether or not calculus is a good indicator of which students are going to succeed. So there's this new idea that is gaining support for the idea of data science. As Emily said, I mean, data is everywhere around us. The question is whether it should be as equally important or whether it's an indicator of student success in college. The UC initially said, we think data science is just as good as calculus and a good indicator for the requirements of admission. And then they backtracked on that and reversed it recently because of the pushback on that. So it's been a big debate. There's still sort of this grip on calculus that it is the epitome and the indicator that we want for students to get into colleges. And so that debate is going to continue to rage regardless of the framework or UC's backtracking. We're going to still see increasing interest in data science. Now, Emily, for you, your position on this math war is that the state shouldn't de-emphasize calculus. But you also note that overall existing math instruction could benefit from a revamp. What are you referring to? Kind of going back to what I was talking about at the beginning, I don't think it reflects well on the system that a lot of the concepts that I was learning in my earlier math classes really only made sense and kind of came into focus when I reached the highest levels of math. I think that that sort of meaning should be made transparent and elucidated a lot earlier on so that students actually kind of know the point of what they're learning. And I think that there does need to be motivation and relevancy that is better emphasized in in math education. And I think if the goal of math is to awaken that love and interest in the subject in students and prepare them for for careers in that, part of that is going to be understanding how what they're learning is translates to our everyday life. I also do think that 
helping teachers to kind of translate that to students is going to be a big part of this. They're often not receiving the the level of data-driven instruction and, and resources that they need to be successful in the classroom and to help kids of all different types of abilities. And so I think really equipping teachers to go into the classroom and teach 21st century math with 21st century ideas and motivation behind it is going to be crucial to actually implementing any of these types of policies. Because as Jill said, there's a lot of things that we're heaping on on schools and asking them to do without adequately equipping them to actually do that job. Oftentimes in school, we love subjects because of who teaches them to us and because those teachers can kind of help awaken things in us. And so I think the the state really needs to invest in its teachers. Well, Jill, going back to San Francisco, the city is now rethinking that decision to delay Algebra 1. What could happen now? What's the status of San Francisco's math war now? Yeah, so it is under consideration (laughs) is probably the best way to put it. I think the district with a recent Stanford study in hand that Emily cited earlier are really taking a look at what they need to do to improve instruction, to get test scores up, to rethink the math sequencing. And this is not going to be a short process. The superintendent, Matt Wayne, said, this is what I consider a big decision. And big decisions go before the community. They take time. So parents shouldn't anticipate the return of Algebra 1 to 8th grade this fall, for example. This is something that's going to take months of of consideration. You know, to Emily's point, it isn't just about when they learn algebra. There's so much more to it. And it's about teachers. And and right now we have a massive teacher shortage, and especially in math, which is complicating everything, right? I mean, if you don't have qualified teachers to teach math, it doesn't matter how great your math system is. And so there are a lot of hurdles for not only San Francisco, but other districts to overcome to get those math scores back up and to ensure that all students are thriving when they take math. And that's a complicated math problem in itself. Emily, Jill, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Cecilia. Thank you. Emily Hoven is an opinion columnist at The Chronicle, and Jill Tucker covers education. Both of their stories about the state and San Francisco's math wars are online now at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. This episode was produced with Laura Wenis and edited by Gary Baca. Thank you for listening. <laughs> 